welcome to the sweet spot i'm your host Corey bradley it's so good to be back amongst you all i know it took a two-month hiatus getting everything squared away underneath my new brand Corey bradley sports i'm no longer with the joy fm but i'm so grateful for my time with the joy fm and everything i learned and just getting an opportunity to start my podcast underneath them I mean, they were so uh supportive in so many different ways from Russ to Mark to Nancy to Terrace to Earl Matt Johnson everybody there that played a huge part uh Broxton Gannon my guy there you know so I'm very grateful just for my time there and getting a chance to you know live a dream and and start a new path and so this is my very first episode that I've have done underneath my new brand Corey Bradley Sports. So without further ado, we all know what this week is. It's the NFL Draft Thursday night, April 29th on ESPN, ABC, and NFL Network. I mean, NFL, anytime the draft, I don't care if it's MLB, NBA, it's always a super exciting time because you're getting a chance to see these young prospects live out a dream. They have no idea, uh, most of them anyway, or where they're going. And it's been a you know, tedious process for them as well. And then you have the fans aspect where they're hoping for certain guys and they're wondering who their team is going to draft. Kind of a new life, a new possibility type situation going into uh, the next season. So... I'm super excited to see what happens on Thursday night. We know the draft is now first round on Thursday, second and third on Friday, and then fourth through seven on Saturday. And everybody kind of knows the first two picks. I mean, there's no secret with those first two. The Jaguars will take Trevor Lawrence. The Jets will take Zach Wilson. But at number three, nobody knows what the 49ers are up to. Do the 49ers even know who they're going to select at number three? So the Niners are pretty much on the clock at this current time. We're waiting, wondering what they're going to do to get the ball rolling at number three. So I talked to one of my guys, TJ Serrato, huge San Francisco 49ers fan. This dude knows his stuff inside and out. So take a listen to his thoughts as he shared who he hopes the Niners will draft who he doesn't want the Niners to draft, and some of his experiences of what it's like to be a San Francisco 49ers fan during draft time. TJ, welcome to the sweet spot, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How's it going? It's doing well, man. Uh, You know, I was looking at the NFL draft and getting ready for an episode to provide uh, with the kind of preview outlook of what's going to take place. Nobody really knows, but San Francisco making that jump from 12 to three, you know, that that's really where I feel like, you know, I, when I first saw the news, I was just blown away. It's like, okay, here we go. Here we go. We knew kind of what one and two, or we feel like we know what one and two are going to uh, happen in the NFL draft. But when they made that jump to three, I feel like that shook the NFL world on its side. And, you know, we'll talk about San Francisco a little bit later, but I just want to ask you a few questions before we dive into 49ers talk. I just want to get your opinions on some of the NFL draft history in general. So my first question, you know, the first round gets all the hype. I and mean, that's all everybody talks about is the first round. But in your opinion, 
what's the best round? Is it still the first or is it some of those middle rounds, second, third, fourth? I mean, what's your best round? Um, I think really if you go back and you look at history, and uh, the fifth round is kind of the sweet spot. Man. Yeah. You know, it's not too far up. You're not, you know, at the end. Uh, the fifth round, I think, is really where you, you know, you see some of the guys that don't get the, the praise that other guys get. You know, they might not play at the biggest school or, you know, they might not be on ESPN ever. You know, uh, I think the fifth round is usually where you find those guys that are kind of like the diamonds in the rough, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. I love the middle rounds. Like, that's when I'm kind of, especially like second and third. I mean, of course, you know, teams like to have multiple firsts, but if I have one first and two seconds and two thirds or something like that, or, you know, two seconds and a third, you know, two thirds, whatever it is, like, I just like to have those picks in the middle rounds because I know there's going to be first round value in those rounds, you know, I may have been a guy that got hurt and he fell because of the injury or just maybe lack of, lack of production in that last year. I mean, there's only 32 spots in that first round. So there's so much more talent to be had later on in the draft. And I know your Niners have done that time and time again with 2017 getting George Kittle in the fifth round. Uh, DJ Jones was in the sixth round that year. 2018, they go get Fred Warner out of BYU in the third. And then 2019, Dre Greenlaw out of Arkansas in that fifth round that you mentioned. So I totally agree. Those middle rounds, to me, those are the best rounds, in my opinion. Mostly it's the guys that are getting overlooked when you get into the, you know, the, the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh round. Um, you know, th those are the guys, like I said, they get overlooked and um, – you can find guys with maybe that they you know false information guys that may have you know character concerns or mm -hmm. something like that yeah and they can be completely fine you know stay out of trouble for 10 15 years and you got a starter you know it all it doesn't always have to be see when people look at the draft they look at it as you know pro bowlers and stuff like that but if i can get me a guard a solid guard that's going to be on my team for 10 years you know that's just as good to me you know you don't yeah. have to have a guy that might have two Pro Bowl seasons and then get injured and just fall off. You know, mm -hmm. I want somebody to be there with my team for a while. Man, I couldn't agree more. Now, what's your favorite draft moment of all time? Of all time? Uh, actually, the Bosa draft, that was my favorite. Okay. Uh, you know, leading up to the draft, everybody thought, you know, that I was uh, Quentin Williams. Yeah. You know, because I am a, you know, I'm a Bama fan, so – that was everybody's first guess. Oh, man, he's going to love Quentin Williams. So I kind of stayed, you know, I kind of stayed quiet about it. But I wanted Bosa. You know, when you looked at all the tools and stuff he had, his pedigree, his dad, his brother, both of them being, you know, NFL draft picks, that was my guy. And whenever they – whenever Kyler Murray got taken with the first pick, I knew he had him. So that was probably, you know, by far the most exciting draft I've ever watched. So, you know, if I ask you your favorite draft moment, I have to follow up with your least favorite. What's your least favorite draft pick, draft moment that you've endured as a 49ers fan? Uh, the, I think it's uh, seven, it was 17, the Solomon Thomas draft. That was, uh, I think it, it was, was 17. That, I think you're right. Yeah, that was Thomas. Yeah, the, the 17 draft uh, when they took Solomon Thomas. Yeah. Um, they were right there in prime position to take Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And I, I never could figure out, you know, after watching the national championship game between Alabama and Clemson, 
I never could figure out what the knock on Deshaun Watson was because mm-hmm. if you watch the game, mm-hmm. let's just go back and look at the the Alabama defense and how many first round draft picks they had on the defense. You know, you go through there. Alabama that year had probably one of the best defenses, you know, that I've seen, you know, since I've been an Alabama fan. And for him to go out there and do what he did, you know, to Alabama, I was a believer after that. I wanted Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You know, he's going out there, he's getting, you know, they're they're hitting him, you know. He's taking licks, you know, you know, play after play after play, but he keeps on coming back. He keeps on coming back at the defense and then finally you know, they win it at the end. So I, that right there, you know, I was a firm believer in Deshaun Watson. So when they took Solomon Thomas, I just, you know, it was, I was disappointed and I didn't understand it. You know, yeah, obviously yeah. down the road, I, I, you know, I feel like I've been validated. You know, I was right. <laughs> Man, and, and staying on the quarterbacks with Deshaun Watson being selected behind Trubisky, I mean, like, I didn't get it. I, I didn't understand at all. Like, okay, if I'm taking one quarterback in this entire draft, I think was Josh Rosen. Was he in that draft too? No, uh, he was. Well, no. your, your next one, but, uh, but that was the Mahomes draft. That was uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, yeah. Pat Mahomes, and uh, Lamar Jackson draft. I yeah, yeah. So, like, whenever he fell and continued to fall, I, I was lost myself because if there was one quarterback I was taking in that entire draft, it was Deshaun Watson, hands down. So. I agree with you. Now, I did like Solomon Thomas coming out of Stanford. I didn't expect uh, his tenure as a 49ers to go the way it did. But you got to also think they took Reuben Foster in that first round, too. So I understand why that 2017 draft is one of your least favorite uh, drafts of all time because that's two big first-rounders, and neither one of them really panned out the way they, that you would hope. Yeah, the Reuben Foster pick didn't. It didn't really bother me as bad because, I mean, if you remember correctly, when he was out there, he performed. Oh, yeah, he'll bother. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just off the field stuff. I yeah. mean, Ruben was, was that guy, you know. So I really wasn't as mad about that. And uh, from what I knew that they needed, you know, uh, Solomon Thomas is kind of a tweener. You know, he's kind of – he's better on the inside than he is the outside. Well, when he first got to San Francisco, they wanted him on the outside, and he was just – you know, playing out of position. Yeah. And I think that kind of stunted his development. I don't think he was, you know, a bad player. It's just, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't an outside guy. You know, he's not going to be an outside guy in the league. He's better on the inside, but he's not big enough, you know. Man, uh, I'm interested to see if he can bounce back, you know, in this NFL career that was so highly expected, so much of him, you know, coming in. Out of Stanford as a number three pick, Reuben Foster, what will happen with him? I mean, there's so much talent that, you know, that was there. Like you said, it wasn't anything on field. It was all off field. And that's even more frustrating when you don't get a chance to see what a guy does because of the decisions they make off the field that has nothing to do with the game. Now, before we talk Niners for this year's 2021 NFL Draft, what other team are you interested in seeing what they do with their first round pick? I mean, who catches your eye as some of those picks in the early first round? Uh, really, the Falcons to me are yeah. the most intriguing. Uh, you know, right now they're kind of in a in a great spot. You know, they can do so many different things. You know, if they would want to, I think they could get a king's ransom for the four pick. You know, depending yeah. on number three, if the right player goes number three, man, you could get out. In my opinion. The 49ers, what they gave up probably isn't going to be anything compared to 
what the next team will you know will have to give up because you're looking at teams like Washington, Chicago. They're just starving for a quarterback because they have defenses that can win right now. So really, Atlanta's in a prime position to really just basically take somebody's lunch money right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they can get so many different things. Also, if they wanted to keep the pick, they can go in several different directions. You know, they could get a quarterback, or they could get you know, Kyle Pitts, Panesul. You know, I know Panesul is probably not a need for them, but I mean, anytime you can put Kyle Pitts with Julio and Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. you can you know you can really put put some other teams at a disadvantage. <laughs> so besides a quarterback being selected with the number three pick that we know the Niners are going to take, because you don't move up from 12 to three without taking the quarterback in that position, which area or areas does San Francisco need to address in order to have a successful draft this year? Uh, we're kind of going back uh, to uh... – bad draft picks and uh, I think the right side of the line is 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 a big need for them you know uh, they drafted Mike McGlinchey mm-hmm. 18 and he's just underperformed you know that that's a really big need especially if you're going to bring in a rookie quarterback you're going to have to have somebody to protect that other side and also uh they've only got one player on the in the secondary or excuse me two players they got Jimmy Ward and um they just signed E-man or Emmanuel Mosley yeah, uh, he's got a multi-year deal, but they've only got Jason Verrett on a one-year deal, so you're gonna have to address the the cornerback uh, mm-hmm. position. I think really often, I, I, to me, I would like to see them, you know, double dip as far as cornerback in this draft because you're, you know, for one, you can just you know get some depth right now, and you can kind of develop somebody to move into that role for Jason Verrett next year. So I'm really I'm looking forward to seeing what they do, really from the second. Uh, from the second to the fifth round, I'm, I'm really, you know, excited to see what they do because I, I don't think they're going to stay where they're at. You know, they got multiple fifth round draft picks, so I think they're going to move up if they have somebody they really like. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Our phone, 334-671-POOL. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, 
Making Sense of Investing. Member SIPC. RLC Shirts is a family-owned and operated custom apparel and gift business, providing custom printing and embroidery on t-shirts, polos, hats, boots, baby apparel, scarves, bags, and more. For churches, schools, sports organizations, family reunion t-shirts, or businesses that need personalized workwear or promotional apparel, RLC Shirts can help with no minimum order. Phone 334-899-4339 or online rlcshirts.com. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. So I'm joined by TJ Serrato, San Francisco 49ers fan, to talk about the 49ers and maybe some of their plans or anticipated plans in the upcoming NFL draft Thursday, April 29th. So the Niners moved from 12 to three in that trade with the Dolphins, as we kind of briefly alluded to earlier in the conversation, they gave up that 12th pick. They gave up a first and third next year, along with the first in 2023. What was your initial reaction when you saw that trade? Uh, Kyle's going to get his guy. <laughs> uh, you know, he hasn't had an opportunity to go and get his quarterback. Because if you remember, when he was in Washington, RG3 wasn't the guy he wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, but Dan Snyder insisted or pretty much just said, hey, we're taking him. So, you know, no matter who the quarterback is, Kyle's going to get his guy. And, you know, and it, and I think if you look back at, at what he's done as a coordinator, see, people don't really – they don't dive into it, so they don't know really, you know, you just your casual fan don't know how good he is. But, you know, you know that in 16 games, uh, Pat Mahomes is number one as far as how many passing yards he's thrown for in 16 games. The number two quarterback is Nick Mullins. Really? <laughs> yes. Had no clue. <laughs> you know, <laughs> The guy, undrafted guy at a Southern Miss, you know, throwing for the second most yards behind probably yeah. the best quarterback in the league right now. You wow. know, through your 15 games. That's, to me, that's – when I saw that stat, I was like, wow, <laughs> he is that good, you know. <laughs> that, that's impressive, man. I could have – you could have given me 20 guesses. You could have given me 50 guesses. I would have never thought that Nick Mullins was the answer to that question. So, uh, yeah, Shanahan has done a fantastic job from day one. Jeopardy. <laughs> Say it again. I said that that's your Jeopardy question. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we know for sure Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones will go with that number three pick that we talked about. Before you tell me who you want, which one of those guys do you hope will not be in a Niners uniform next season? Uh... I think uh, Trey Lance, and, and I'm going to tell you why. I think uh, it goes back, you remember we was talking about Trubinsky. Yeah. You know, having only like 16 starts in his career, you know, playing at, at an ACC school and, and, and not really being what everybody thought he was going to be. You know, he, you know, it's just a guy that showed flashes, had a great athleticism. That's kind of in the mold that I see Trey Lance, you know, where he has more special tools. He's only played – you know, 16 games for a one double A school. You know, I just, the 49ers are set up to win right now. 
you know, make no mistake about it. They might say that we're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo and this, that, and other. But if you got a, fan, a whole fan base and then you hear it on ESPN talking about how bad you are and how you can't stay healthy, mm-hmm. you really think the guy's going to want to stay there? I mean, he yeah. doesn't need the money. He's already made $100 million in the league. Yeah. So so Trey Lance is that guy. And that, that's a good comparison, man. You talk about Trubisky. That's – that's really good. I like that that perspective and that analysis because uh, that's the one that I feel least comfortable with as well. And it's just because it's the unknown, and you don't want to get caught up in potential. But he could be this, he could be that. You know, I like production, but I don't, you know <laughs> potential is always important. But I like production. I like to see and know what these guys have done at the previous level before I invest a whole future on one guy based on that word potential that so many people get lost in, especially this time of the year. It's always about potential. He has the upside, and upside is good. But I want to know, can you actually perform too? Can you can you be productive at that next level when you make that transition as well? Well, he's only played – I mean, when he gets to the NFL, he had only played one game in the last 16 months. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I mean, it's, it's scary, you know, and, and the thing about it, Kyle and John, their jobs are riding on this pick. If they get it wrong, they're gone. You know, they've had three losing seasons out of four. I mean, we, they did make it to the Super Bowl, but you can't, you know, that only gets you so far unless you win it, you know. Now, staying on that topic, what are your thoughts on Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch? I mean, how do you feel as a fan? Um, I love – I actually love the organization the way it is now. Yeah. Uh, they brought a whole new culture to the team. You know, everything was just crazy after Jim Harbaugh left because, you know, you had Chip Kelly, mm. Tom Sula. Mm. You know, now I feel like they have some stability, you know. So, and to me, I kind of feel like they, they're going to get it right. You know, I trust Kyle. I, I think he's got the greatest scheme in the NFL, you know, but I don't want him to get caught up in, in, in going to get a quarterback that he thinks is already ready, you know. Yeah. I want somebody that he can kind of, you know, that he's going to have to coach up because at the end of the day, that's your job. You know, don't go get a Mac Jones because everybody says he's already pro ready or, or, you know, or go get a Justin Fields for that. I want you to get the guy that does have some areas that he needs to prove on, but it's an easy fix, you know, because you have to coach him up. No matter what anybody says, every rookie quarterback goes through growing pains, mm-hmm. but it's your job, you know, to, to, to get them ready, you know. Man, I totally understand, and I've always felt that same way, uh, especially with quarterbacks. As you mentioned, if you need a quarterback, you take him in the first round. Like that's not always the case. That's not always how you should approach. You know, because I mean, Russell Wilson, third round. I love Russell Wilson. I know he's a he's a rival to your Niners, and I'm not a Seahawks fan at all. But Russell. yeah, Russ is I that guy. Him. Russ is that dude, man. He, he's a, the only quarterback in the league that's better than him right now is Pat Mahomes. Yep. I, I got so much respect for Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know, he throws probably the best deep ball Ooh. to anybody in the league, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it a lot of times, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so you have seen enough. I know you have, man. And, and having to face that dude twice a year and usually the division comes down or, you know, in recent years it's come down between those two. And, of course, the Rams have been in there and uh, the Cardinals will have – some say so in the years moving forward with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins at receiver, but yeah, man, Russell Wilson is my guy. Like I'm not a Seahawks fan whatsoever, but man, I agree he is. And and Pat Mahomes, see, I'm a Steelers fan, so Pat Mahomes, I re- fully respect him. 
but I hate going against that guy, man, just because it feels like no matter what kind of game he's having, whether it's fantastic or it's one of those just like, man, he's off today or just some of the errant decisions that he makes from time to time, you just know in the last two minutes he's going to make enough plays to get it done. So Russell Wilson, I love watching him play because I don't have to worry about facing him as often. Uh, But Pat Mahomes, knowing as a Steelers fan, Every year is going to have to go through Kansas City. You're going to have to possibly make a trip to Arrowhead to get to the Super Bowl. So uh, I totally understand what you're talking about with Russell. Wilson. I understand what you go through, man, for real. Pat Mahomes did it to us too. So. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he, know, I mean, he did. I, I you know, they, I, they, you know, you watch the game and you, and it stayed close. And you know, I just got that feeling. Yeah, the you feeling. know, when that that type of player. You know, at some point or another, he's going to take over. You know, you can't – you might keep him down for a second, but it won't be for a whole game, you Yeah, know? yeah. So, before we get back into the NFL draft, staying on Mahomes and that whole Super Bowl, uh, I, was for, I was for the Niners hands down, and I trusted that defense. I mean, you know, everybody talks about Jimmy Garoppolo. You talk about the money that he's already made, and he's not hurting for that. Did that outcome or did that – miss throw or just that way the whole game transpired at the end did that affect your belief in Garoppolo have you have you ever been a fan of his uh no actually I've I had concerns with Garoppolo way before way before the Super Bowl you know if you go back and you watch you know I think the casual fan don't see certain things Mm -hmm. like uh they go back they talk about the throw you know, the throw to Emmanuel Sanders in the Superdome when they played against uh, New Orleans. Well, he underthrew him, you know. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders had to basically stop, catch the ball, and fall down. You know, yeah. you hit him in stride, walks into the end zone. That's so true. You know, so you true. back to the, to the Vikings game, him throwing it. He threw it to Kendricks probably two or three times, but Kendricks only caught it one time. You know, you could really see, you know, that Kyle was losing a lot of faith in Jimmy throughout the playoffs and then you go and look at the green bay game and they just steamrolled them yeah. you know he didn't throw the ball i think what eight times <laughs> yeah yeah so, I, mean, I, day. I haven't been a fan for jimmy I, I wasn't a fan of them giving him you know the contract they gave him you know because i'm like well you you got such a small sample size how can you give a quarterback you know 135 million dollars yeah so you know i i was on the you know, I was on this thing, you know, way before, you know, everybody else. You know, I got, I seen it. You know, <laughs> I, I seen that Kyle didn't trust him. I seen that, I mean, when we went to, me and uh, my wife went to Tampa to watch the game, you know, he throws a pick six, you know, like I think the third, second or third series of the game. You know, he threw it right to the guy. Mm. So, you know, I haven't been, you know, I haven't been a Jimmy G fan at all. <laughs> at all. So Thursday, April 29th. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan will determine the future signal caller because we know Jimmy G's time is limited in San Francisco. TJ, who do you want that guy to be when it's Roger Goodell at the podium? He's making the pick for the number three uh, selection for the Niners. Who are you hoping name is called at that time? Well, let, let's let's just let's add a little bit of context. To okay. It, right? Okay. So we're looking at the quarterbacks, I want you to, you know, let's just try to, I guess, paint a picture together, right? All right. So when you're looking at both the quarterbacks, we already said that Lance, you know, Lance is out, right? Because of his inexperience and just the unknown of Lance. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
when you go and you look at both quarterbacks, you look at Mac Jones. Um, I kind I, I kind of feel like Mac Jones has peaked. You know, he's yeah. at he's at the ceiling right now, which is not a bad thing because, you know, Mac Jones is just so cerebral. You know, um, but I go back to the offensive line. You know, and I told you the right side of our offensive line is not. You know, it's definitely not like Alabama's offensive line is, where Mac is. You know, just gets to kind of hang out in the pocket. You know, in San Francisco, he's going to be put. He would be putting a ton of pressure. You know, um, so really, to me, it, I want Justin Fields for the simple fact that I feel like he can make the throws. You know, not that Mac Jones can't make all the throws, but Mac Jones doesn't have a you know strong enough arm to me to make some of the NFL throws. And yeah. what I mean by that is, you know. 25 yards, you know, on each hash mark, you know, having to really put, you know, put something behind it to get it to your receiver. Cause I mean, let's be honest, all DBs in the NFL probably run, you know, low four threes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So for that, you know, I, we, you need a guy that can make that throw. You need a guy that can kind of get out of some sticky situations, you know, when the, when the right side collapses, you know, and I just don't think, I think with all that being said, I don't think Mac Jones can, you know, can do that. I don't think he's going to be able to get out of it. Now, he does move really well in the pocket. But, you know, when everything goes crazy and breaks down, I just don't think he's got what it takes to be able to get out of it. You know, with that being said, I wouldn't be, I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't be hurt if they took Mac Jones because, you know, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he gets he gets so much unwanted hate, mm-hmm. in my opinion, from the 49ers fan base. And I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't think it's fair, you know, the, I don't understand what he did to, you know, to these people, you know, when you go online and you see people uh, talking about him, you know, you know, being chubby or talking, you know, just calling them names and stuff. I'll never in a million years understand why people would do that. All he's doing is trying to, you know, fulfill his dream of being an NFL quarterback. You yeah. know, just because you don't want him on your team, you know, it's kind of crazy to me why you would talk about the guy because from everything I've read, you know, he's a great dude. You know, he's a leader. All his teammates love him. So, you know, if they took Mac Jones, I mean, you know, let's figure it out. You know, I wouldn't be upset about it. But, you know, my personal preference is Justin Fields. Man, I couldn't agree more uh, with everything you said. I mean, Justin Fields, the respect that I have for him really took off in that game against Clemson when he was uh, just drilled and was in so much pain and to see him come out and compete the way he did in that second half and some of those deep balls that you mentioned beautiful deep balls and you know you talked about that offensive line that right side that's not as strong as the left as we know Trent Williams would not be leaving San Francisco anytime soon so having a guy who's mobile like Justin Fields going against the Seahawks and the Rams, great defense, Aaron Darnold, as we know, and the Cardinals getting J.J. Watt and having Chandler Jones. You want to have somebody who can move and make plays with their legs because there will be times where that pocket collapse. So I totally understand the hope that Justin Fields will be the new signal caller in the future for the San Francisco 49ers. He actually made a throw against Alabama uh, where he was getting pressured and he threw the ball over the middle to a tight end, and I was like, "Oh, hold on a second, <laughs> I might need to go watch him." <laughs> I mean, I, man, I, I think the guy's gonna have no matter where he ends up. I think he's gonna have a good NFL career because, like you said, you know, he's super tough, man. 
Uh, he's got a super strong arm. He's a good athlete. But what a lot of people, when they talk about him, you know, some people say he's a running quarterback. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, go back and watch his games for real. Justin Fields is a pocket quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. He is a pocket quarterback for sure, man. I think about – I remember early in his recruitment, he was actually committed to Penn State. And, of course, he signs with Georgia only to end – up in the Big Ten anyway, where Penn State had to face him uh, in those years, man. So I, I I think about James Franklin a lot of just what could have been when you know, okay, he didn't sign with us, but at least we don't have to play him, and then he ends up in your conference anyway. So Justin Fields is definitely a dynamic talent, hands down. He will have, a, I think, a great career for sure. Hopefully it's not Trey Lance next Thursday during the NFL draft because – I'll I'll be I've I've shared the story a few times. Like I grew up watching the Niners. Like I had a Steve Young jersey. Like that was that was my team, and I've always had a close eye on them. Uh, so man, I'm I'm hoping that they have another successful draft from rounds one through seven. Just and especially with that number three pick, I'm hoping that they really hit and get the guy who's going to be the best QB in the entire 2021 NFL draft. You've been listening to TJ Serato discuss his San Francisco 49ers as we approach next week's draft that starts on Thursday, April 29th. It runs through Saturday, May 1st. TJ, man, I truly appreciate you being on the sweet spot, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for the sweet spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like Big Green Eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Our phone, 334-671-POOL. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool Patio and Spa. You heard from my guy TJ Serrato, huge San Francisco 49ers fan. He shared his thoughts on what the 49ers will do come Thursday night, April 29th. NFL Network, ABC, ESPN will carry the coverage. Super excited to see what happens, not only for my Pittsburgh Steelers, but for the entire NFL. It's always an exciting moment for all the prospects and all the fans across the world. 
And as I close, I'd like to give a special thanks to all of my sponsors. Pinch a Penny, Pool Patio and Spa, Jason, Amy Sharp. Thank you guys for all the love and support from day one. My guy, Attorney Cass Espy. Thank you for your guidance, your encouragement, your advice throughout this entire process. Greg Wakefield for always being there no matter what the situation is. Thank you for just being a light man just thank you for just being who you are no matter when i see you and just whatever the situation may be care animal center kirk holland thank you for the support from everyone at the business your family you know i truly appreciate the words of confidence and the belief that you have in what i'm doing here with this podcast with the sweet spot so thank you man mike griano man i know i've said it several times in person especially whenever you're in town you know i like to hang out with you and just reiterate how much i greatly appreciate your belief in me every single day and where god is leading this podcast and what he's doing through me stay tuned for part two of the nfl draft preview as i have a couple of guests they come on they will share their selections their thoughts on who will be taken number three four five six and seven if they guess each one of those picks correctly they will receive a twenty dollar gift card to the place of their choosing and as we always say there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot